This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Bet and Breakfast, a podcast from BetSided. Hey, does anybody want coffee? Who wants coffee? It's sports betting for everyone. I'm here to tell you today that the New York Yankees season is done. Stick a fork in them, it's over. Lamar Jackson, I can't believe he's that low on the list that he's my bet for sure at this point in the season. Early leans, best bets, props, parlays. If you can bet it, we've got it. I'm taking the over on this. If you look at the last five games, this is a game waiting for points to be scored. Tom Brady, I think everyone's heard of him. If Brady puts up the numbers, they have the 10th easiest schedule the rest of the way. Get in, get out, and you're ready to go. I think they're going to have to give him the award if Dallas ends up locking up this division and possibly even that number one seed. And here are your hosts, Ben Heisler, Ian McMillan, Peter Dewey, Donovan Smoot, and Reed Wallet. What comes before anything? What have we always said is the most important thing? Breakfast. Family. I thought you meant the things you need. What is up, everybody? Happy Bet and Breakfast Thursday. Ben Heisler with Ian McMillan and Donovan Smoot. The gang is back here to go through our week 14 plays and fades for the National Football League. Normally at this time, we like to go through our plays and fades for both NFL and college football, but with no college football, sadly, on the docket until I think a week from tomorrow, once bowl season officially kicks off. Uh, We'll get you some of those plays coming up in a little bit, but plenty to discuss today. We'll also have our Thursday night best bets for you as well. I don't know if you guys were watching a little bit of Steph Curry last night. He's he's closing in on the all-time three-point record. Donovan, you cracked me up this morning because you were mentioning that you were watching Steph and you said to yourself, eh, He's he's going to struggle to get there. I, what is it with with Steph and, and approaching milestones and all of a sudden he starts to fade a little bit? You feel like he's putting a little bit of pressure on himself? I Everybody was just talking about him trying to, you know, get to 15. And there was the comment where he was like, anything is possible. And he came out <laughs> in the first quarter and took like eight threes. And it was like, okay, he's going to force tonight. And it, it felt like I, I, I knew he was going to force. And so I was like, he's, he's, it's not going to happen. It's, it's just too much right now. And so I would love to see it, though. I would love to see Steph, like, knock down 15 threes in a game. That would be crazy. But it, last night just wasn't the night for him. So I think he's Didn't he start 0-4? He's, yeah, I think he, start, he started 0-4. Um, and I think he was, like, 2 of 9 at some point in the first quarter. He was chucking. That's not going to get it done. He, it's not. It's not. <laughs> that's, that's the hard-hitting analysis that, that you guys all come here for, right? It's not good enough. <laughs> I, I was thinking about it, though, from, from this perspective, because he's, he's closing in on this record, and it's obviously remarkable, like the timing of it, right? So Steph is at 2,964 three-pointers in 786 games, which is, is flat-out insane. If you actually look at the all-time leader, it's Ray Allen, who has nine more at the moment than Steph, but it took him an extra 514 games to do it, And that's, I think, several games better than what it took for Reggie Miller to get there. And so we're talking about the elite of the elite of the elite shooters. So, like, if you're looking at this, I'm even wondering from a record standpoint, guys are bigger, stronger, faster than ever before. But if Steph is getting to this number this fast, better than anybody else in league history by a wide margin, I wonder if this is just one of those records that we're just not going to see broken ever again. Like, do, do you feel like this is one of those that's like somebody in 20 years is going to come along and be an even better shooter than stuff? Because I don't know if I can no. see it. No, I, it, it, I, isn't, I, I can't wait. 
I can't I can't wait to be like the the old man that that's like nobody's ever better than Steph Curry. Like that's just not gonna happen. <laughs> Isn't this a little bit of a product of guys shooting the three more though? I mean what, kind him, of. him him breaking the record? Like as as a result of like how the how the league has changed? Yeah, isn't isn't the modern day game inviting to more three point shooters as more more so ever than history? Like it, it like Ray Allen wasn't putting up the amount of shots from three that Steph Curry is. Yeah, but to do it in five hundred less games is like okay, you, you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's like six. Yeah, it's like six seasons if you don't make the playoffs that that you're playing less than. And so even if like if somebody like like if Dame Lillard started to to climb, which he kind of is, or if James Harden or Trey Young, because Trey Young isn't as much as we think of Trey Young as like this great shooter. He's not like a, a great great shooter percentage wise like that. So as if one of those names starts to climb, then yeah, I would say it's more of a product. Steph is the greatest shooter we've ever seen, and he gets it from anywhere. He can shoot any type of three from any range. And so it's just – I think this is just a product of his greatness rather than the game. That's, I that's how it's, I see. No, I, I think that makes sense. I think both of you make really compelling points. To your point, Ian, of course, like you have modern analytics that in, uh, indicate that the corner three – and, and a layup are, are the two best shots in the game and that the mid-range game has kind of disappeared. And if you watch like the Bulls play, what the Bulls are doing is really interesting because they have guys that can get their own shot from mid-range. Like DeMar DeRozan is putting up MVP type numbers. He's not going to win it, but he's averaging 26 a game because nobody knows how to guard mid-range anymore. And so just like in the NFL where it becomes an offensive league and then trend shift and, and teams start to become more defensive oriented, they get a market advantage or, or market inefficiency like, I, I don't think the three is going away because three is more in, than two and people understand that. But I, I do think if you have guys that can hit mid-range shots now, like that is still a distinct advantage if defenses don't know how to play it. So I, I think you're right. The, the league has changed to the point where there's so many guys that now have this as a specialty of theirs. But Steph Curry is still in a, a whole other stratosphere of anybody that we've ever seen before. That's 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 a that's a hundred percent fact. I I I still don't think that anybody's gonna break his record though. I don't I don't see it happening. Like I I think I think guys are gonna start to like get on that trajectory, and you'll start to have the conversation of like, could he catch Steph? Like that'll be like the big first take debate. Is one guy yeah, gonna have like this like, unbelievable rookie year? And someone's like, is he on track to catch Steph? And the answer will will likely be no. But is there is there a record in sports that you guys would want to see broken? Or is there one that you feel like, like we just talked about Steph, like maybe this stands the, the test of time. Is there one that you'd love to see in person to have it be broken for? Like what what's the record that would mean the most to you to have it to have it go down? Ian, you, you go. I want to hear yours first. So I'll, I'll I'll display a little bit of Canadian or the Canadian that I have in me, and I'll say Wayne Gretzky's uh, point record in the NHL. I don't know how much you guys know this because um, I don't know how much you guys follow the NHL, but if you take away all of Wayne Gretzky's career goals and you just go based off assists, he still has the most points in NHL history. Uh, so th- I mean, that's that's arguably the most dominant athlete in any sport of all time, and he, his record is kind of the opposite of kind of the conversation I brought up or, or the point I brought up with Steph Curry, where um, I don't think a player can score that many points or even come close in the modern day game of the NHL. Cause fewer goals are being scored. Goal, goalies gear has gotten a lot bigger and net their style has gotten a lot better. So it's a lot tougher 
to score than it was in Wayne Gretzky's prime. Um, if anyone's going to do it, maybe Connor McDavid. But for that record to, give, to to be broken would be absolutely unbelievable. Was so. Was Crosby ever on track to do it? I don't think so. Because I mean, that was always the guy that had, had been comp to him, right? Like, if there was anybody that was going to get to that level, it would be Crosby. But maybe it was just the injuries that started to pile up over the last handful of years. And like, yeah, McDavid's an absolute beast. Um, but but yeah, it, it's that's one that I, I just don't think you're ever going to to come close on. Like the fact that him and that generation, even with scoring up in the NHL, right? Like you, you're seeing far more goals now. But I, I think. It's sort of more of a team nature, not necessarily an individual guy. So that's that's really interesting. I I, I could see that standing for a long time. What about for you, Donovan? Yeah, um, I want to see somebody score 101 points in the NBA. <laughs> I'm 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 tired of seeing. At, like, yeah, I like that. I'm tired of seeing the the little Will Chamberlain 100 100 points picture. I'm I'm sick of it. And I'm also not the biggest like Will fan in terms of like all time. And so uh, anytime anytime I get a chance to to discredit him i'm i'm cool with that so if we can get somebody else like it's so it's so much it's so funny and i think it's because we have video like kobe's 81 point game is arguably more iconic than than wilt's 100 points just because we have video of it and also will chamberlain is the only seven footer alive in 1950 whatever he's playing against you know people who who like i don't know plumbers and firefighters i'll go with that but that's 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 the one for me that I want to see be broken. So the one that I want to see broken, because I feel like more than ever, you're dealing with talent on both sides of the equation where it's better. You have better hitters and you have better pitchers. I want to see DiMaggio's 56 game hitting streak be broken because there's so much consistent buildup to it that I think if you're at game 56, like so much pressure is on you and it's so intense and so dramatic like every pitch like you just probably like doing like the baker's dozen from snl like watching it the entire time i think it would be so fascinating um and i and i love that guys are actually like gotten somewhat close but never like it's usually like 30 something games and then they go you know over if you someone gets to like 45 and then you can get like a single digit countdown to me, that would be really exciting. And one that I still feel like, it's not like Cy Young where he has like 511 wins. Wins don't, don't matter. Um, or, you know, any any of those where you just feel like the, the era won't adjust to it. This is something that can theoretically be done, but it just isn't going to happen because every time someone has come close, it, it's just fallen apart. So that's one that I, I would love to see go through. Um, we, we've already dived, uh, we've already gone into a bunch of stuff, so I want to make sure we, we hit on, on some of the stuff that we're taking in for, for week 14. Uh, normally at this time, we love to go through our favorite plays and fades of the week in the NFL, do some college football as well. Uh, but Ian, let me go to you first when it comes to the games that we like and the games that maybe we're staying away from heading into week 14 of the NFL. I already got a 13-game sample size as to what we can take away, but but who are the teams that you like? Who are the teams that you're just feeling, eh, I got to stay away from them this week? Yeah, at this point in the season, I'm kind of sticking my flag in the ground with a few teams. There's a few teams that uh, statistically I think are real Super Bowl contenders, but they keep disappointing me and losing. And then there's teams that I think stink, but they keep winning. So I'm going to just keep on baiting them. So one of the teams that I am keep betting on, even though they've broken my heart several times the past few weeks, is the Buffalo Bills. Uh, this week, three-point uh, three underdogs to the Bucks. The Patriots showed the way to beat the Bills is literally just to run the ball against them. So 
when you look at their game against the Bucs this weekend, it's actually the perfect stylistic matchup uh, for the Bills. So the Bucs only get 22.94% of their offensive production by running the football. Uh, so they don't run the football. They're not effective at it. They're not good at it. They throw the ball. But that's exactly where the Bills' defensive strength is. Uh, only 60.68% of the yards gained against the Bills come through the air. That's the second lowest mark in the NFL, uh, whereas opposed they give up the second most yards uh, on the ground. So perfect de- defensive stylistic matchup for the for the Bills in this one. If the Bucs are just going to throw the ball all game, the Bills are going to be able to shut them down. So I like them getting three points. The one I'm staying away from, uh, and I feel like I, I've brought up uh, my own team a couple times in this segment uh, the past few weeks, is just the Falcons and Panthers game because they're both the definition of just sub-average teams. Both teams have shown up for games, and then other games they just get absolutely destroyed. So it's like, which version of the Falcons are going to show up this week? Which version of the Panthers is going to show up? The Panthers' defense is very good statistically, but their offense is abysmal, like one of the like bottom three offense in the NFL right now. Cam Newton looked good one game, and then he looked like he shouldn't even be playing college football in the second game. It looked that bad. When he was like what six for twenty or something with two interceptions, yeah, rough. Uh, so I'm I'm staying away from Falcons Panthers. Well, I have to bet on it, but I I, I would normally stay away from Falcons Panthers because it's just uh, who knows what version of each team is going to show up this week. Yeah, to Ian's point of saying that he has to bet on that game, some of you might question and say like well, that doesn't make sense. On his podcast, Bacon Bets, which is right here on the Minute Media Podcast Network, he does go through every single game on the slate and does make a bet on every game. So yes. Technically, he is right. He does have to bet on every game. By the way, some you, you mentioned the uh, the Bills from a stylistic perspective. We had a great quote from one of our stories over at BetSided from Sawyer Johnson, who's one of the odds makers over at WinBet. Uh, we asked them about why the Bills, after opening up at plus three and a half, short week going to Tampa, Bucks are one of the best teams at home in the league, uh, only lost one game against the spread. That was back in week one. We asked them why the move towards Buffalo and he said exactly what you said. This is his quote. He said, despite the external factors surrounding this game, the Bills have a roster that is built to play against a modern-day offense such as the Bucks. They didn't have the tools to play well against a more physical, run-dominant offense such as the Patriots last week. So, uh, Ian, our guy uh, on the sharp side of this matchup, and, and I like the play there as well. Meanwhile, you brought up the Falcons. I think over the last several weeks, they've been outscored by about a 2-1 to one margin, somewhere in the lines of like 120 to 40-something. It is <laughs> It's been a little bit rough for, for the Atlanta Falcons at this point. What about for you, Donovan? What uh, What's the team you're playing? What's the team you're fading? So I'm going to back Lamar Jackson and the Ravens this week. Um, surprise, surprise. Lamar is one of my guys. But I think the Ravens at plus two and a half is is really good. I think I don't trust the Browns right now. Um, I don't trust, trust Baker Mayfield. The last game that they played was as weird as possible, where you just have turnovers at like literally every single play. Um, I think that one that's not going to happen again we're probably going to get more of like what we expected the ravens can still run the ball on anybody right and so so can the browns but you know the ravens this this is what they do and they have the the most dynamic runner in the game in lamar jackson they're tied with with cleveland at third in the league i know that the marlon humphrey loss is big but do any one of us trust baker mayfield to be able to to tear up any defense i don't i don't think so um, I think that that through the air, that's the one place that you would um, that you would attack Baltimore, right? The the bottom ten in in passing yards per game. I don't trust I don't trust Mayfield to do that. I, I trust Lamar in any situation over Mayfield. So I think they could keep it close within a field goal. 
you know, so I'm taking Baltimore. The game that I'm fading, I'm going to fade. I'm not going to – I really don't want to touch Titans and Jaguars. The Titans are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. And as we've said multiple times, Ian and I have said on this program, the Titans are frauds, and they're not a good football team, and they don't know what they're doing. And Ryan Tannehill has looked lost ever since that – ever since Derrick Henry has went away. Now, most of the time I would just take the other side, but – we're talking about the Jaguars and they suck as well. So like, <laughs> I can't, you know, I can't trust the Titans to, to confidently say, okay, yeah, they're going to cover at nine and a half. And I don't trust Urban Meyer and whatever they're doing um, over in, in Jacksonville to, to make this a close game. So I'm staying away from this. I think both of those plays make a lot of sense. And, and the Ravens too, I, I think you saw the Browns kind of get a little bit of early action. You might see this number possibly, possibly, get to three. And if that's the case, then I'm definitely jumping all over the Ravens with you. I like that play a lot. Uh, for me, I talked about it a little bit on our best bets video the other day, but I, I really do like the Rams at plus two. Also like them on the money line uh, at plus 120 over the course of this week. Uh, line is actually open at three since moved down to two. So the early action has been on the Rams. Um, it's still, even if it's at plus two, I, I think a really teasable line. If you want to compare, if you want to go ahead and add it in with maybe the Broncos, we're at minus eight. I know that I know Donovan's on the other side of that bet uh, on the Lions at plus eight, but I, I I think he would take the the, the Broncos at uh, at minus two in that game. Would I be correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't. I know. I don't know because I'm still kind of like, can can Detroit win this? I last last week was kind of convincing for me. I'm I'm lucky thinking about it. All right, fair enough. I, I, I think the Broncos back at home with the Lions coming off of their Super Bowl uh, is an <laughs> ideal spot to be able to go ahead and tease the Broncos down to, to minus two. Uh, Sean McVay going into that game, by the way, uh, was undefeated against the Cardinals and undefeated against Cliff Kingsbury in his career up until this year. Also, Arizona's had some issues at home. Both of their losses have come at home this year. They haven't been particularly good at covering at home. Um, and also, if you read Ian's preview over at Betsided on this game, he mentions that the, the Arizona run defense has been one of their biggest weaknesses over the course of this year. They've been really good against the pass, but uh, we're talking about like 30th right now um, in, in opponents' yards per play uh, on the rushing side. And the Rams have Sonny Michelle. They have Daryl Henderson. They're going back more to the running game to open up play action for Stafford. So almost more of that offense that you saw the last few years when things were clicking with Jared Goff. That's been a big proponent for them. So I like them. That's a game that I'm going to jump on. The game that I'm fading, by the way, Bears and Packers. I, I wrote something over at, uh, at Bedside this morning about Aaron Rodgers is 22-5 and five in his career against the Bears straight up. He's 20-7 and seven against the spread. The only reason that this line moved from 13.5 down to 12.5 is because Justin Fields is playing, and that gives Chicago like a 2% chance to hang around in this game, but 12 and a half is still a lot, even in green Bay, even with the bears, a complete and total disaster and dumpster fire. So I'm just staying away from this game. I'll probably watch it and, and just feel sick to my stomach watching the bears go and, and get their ass kicked again and again and again. All right, let's dive into our, our favorite plays for tonight. Uh, all of us are looking at the NFL. Uh, I got to play on the under for tonight, which I'll get into a little bit, but Donovan go first. I, I know you got a prop that you're really intrigued by for, for this evening between the Steelers and the Vikings Vikings, three point favorites at home with a total of 44. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm, you know, listen, I'm rolling with Kirk cousins on primetime football, which sounds weird, but uh, his prop is over. I'm taking the over on his passing touchdowns. Is that one in a, it's at 1.5. Um, I think right now the odds are at minus 120. Um, but Kirk has been playing pretty good football lately. 
He's thrown for at least two touchdowns in the last five games. No Thielen means that him and Justin Jefferson are going to have a night. I, I really think that their connection is going to show off tonight. The Steelers are giving up on average like 1.7 passing touchdowns in the last three games that trends t- towards two. Uh, I think the only other person who can stop that, if it if it is like a tight, tight game and Pittsburgh's defense shows up, maybe, maybe uh, Mattinson shows up and gets a touchdown. But I think this entire game is going to be on Kirk Cousins' arm, so I think he gets it done. What about for you, Ian? Uh, I'm taking the Vikings here. Listen, uh, I know this guy's not probably going to be in the conversation for Coach of the Year, but Mike Tomlin deserves to be in the conversation because the Steelers stink. Truly, they are a terrible football team, but yet somehow uh, they continue to win games. So one of the stats that I look at the most is net yards per play. So that's just amount of yards uh, that you get per play on offense. You subtract the amount of yards given up per play on defense. Allow me to list the worst teams in the NFL in net yards per play, starting from the bottom. Texans, Jets, Lions, Steelers, Jaguars, Bears, Dolphins. So, like, those are the bottom seven teams. There's one that sticks out, one that has a winning record, one that is somehow just outside the playoffs in the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they're surrounded by the worst teams in the NFL in that stat. Not a good team. I'm going to continue to fade the Steelers probably for the rest of the season. I'm going to take the Vikings minus three tonight. All right, Vikings minus three. You can get them at minus 115 over at WinBet right now. As for me, I like the under for tonight. Uh, you know, you mentioned that, that Cousins and, and, you know, Justin Jefferson could have a game, but I think Pittsburgh is going to make some adjustments here. I don't think Jefferson's going to get, what did he have, like 14 targets, 12 catches for 180 yards and a touchdown last week against the Lions. Steelers are basically going to double him up. They're going to do everything they possibly can to make sure that Jefferson doesn't beat him. So I think Cousins going to have to try and distribute the ball a little bit. Dalvin Cook says he's likely going to go, uh, but he's not going to be close to 100%. So I got some concerns there. I, and then I, I also think if you're following the trends, uh, under has hit in 11 of 14 Thursday night games this year. You're dealing with an offensive line in shambles for Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be taking snaps from a new center tonight. That's a bit of a concern. It just, the line moved at 45, and I feel like this is one of those that you just have to stay away from. So I I like the under here tonight uh, between the Steelers and the Vikings. There you have it, guys. That was our, our favorite plays on Thursday night. Thank you guys for hanging out with us this morning on Bet Breakfast. Plenty more coming up over the weekend over at BetSided. We'll see you guys again on Monday for our favorite early leans of the week for NFL Week 15. So for my guys, Donovan and Ian, I am Ben. We thank you so much for joining us. We will be back again on Monday with a brand new edition of Bet and Breakfast. Until then, so long, everybody. Be good. 